0: You're listening to The Beauty Business Podcast, now with over 200,000 downloads worldwide. This is the podcast for you if you're an independent beauty salon, skin clinic, spa owner, or manager. I want to help you reach your business goals through simple, practical, and focused business information and advice. We deal with the foundations of starting and also growing not only an incredibly profitable, rewarding, and stable beauty or wellness business, but also a stress-free one too. In short, I'm here to help you make more money, have more time, and get back to simply what it is you enjoy doing, and why you set out on this journey rather than worrying about all that businessy stuff and not getting the results you want. And who am I? Well, my name is Adam Chatterley, and I'm your host here on the show. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome along to this week's episode of the Beauty Business Podcast. So how's business? It's August, right? It's August when this is going out? Yeah, well, we think it is. Um, August is a funny month in the beauty industry. I tend to find that, you know, depending on the type of business that you are and the treatments that you offer, certainly in the UK and in parts of the US, basically wherever it's summer right now, then you are either super busy or completely dead quiet. Now, I hope for your sake, for you, that you're busy. But if not, then this is a great time to work on your business. Put plans in place, you know, make plans for the rest of the year. After all, as you know, you can easily do more than half your annual business in just the last three months of the year if you plan properly and you listen to the right episodes of this podcast. Is it too early to mention the C word? Christmas, people. Christmas. But Planning is actually very important. It's a very important part of being a business owner. And that ties us in nicely to the topic of today's show. But before we get into that, I have a prize to give away. Now, if you were paying attention over the last few weeks, you would know that I was giving away a $100 Amazon gift card to one lucky listener that left a rating and review for the podcast on either iTunes or on my Impact 365 page. Well, we put all the names into a hat. Actually, it was an Amazon delivery box, but it did the job. And we selected someone at random. And that lucky person was, drumroll, Amy B. from Salon 3 in South Carolina. Congratulations, Amy. We'll be in touch to send you your prize, but you have to tell us what you buy with it. Only kidding. You don't really have to tell us. Now, something else I wanted to tell you about that happens around August is that it's generally the time when I traditionally wrap up working with at least some of my one-to-one coaching clients. Now, that's partly because I like to have August off, but also it's kind of naturally a time where we often, you know, we've got to where we needed to be when from working together at the start of the year or wherever we started working. So I get a lot of emails and messages from people, especially listeners of the podcast, asking whether I do one to one work with clients because it's not really something I ever talk about. Now the truth is that I am aiming for large scale impact both with the podcast and also with my courses like the beauty client accumulator and bots for beauty. So that's what I tend to talk about here if and when I do mention things like that. However, I do love working one to one with people and with businesses. I love to really you know get into the detail of a problem and either help coach out or devise out a solution and then see it put in place and actually transform that business. There's just no other feeling like it for me as a consultant and a coach. So given that people have been asking me about it, I thought I would just put it out there that if anyone is looking for any specific help with their business, maybe something that a course doesn't really cover, or you know, you're know, you not a course type of person, or you, know, you simply just want to double down and guarantee yourself the biggest second half of the year in your beauty business ever, then I have exactly three one-to-one coaching spots available to take on new clients. Now, because I don't have very much time to work with people one-to-one, I don't really have any sort of specific process to apply. But if you are interested and you want to find out more, then simply send an email to at salonbusinessSecrets.com and we can take it from there. Okay. I think that's all the announcements done. Let's get into today's topic, which is business planning. Now, truth be told, when I started SalonBusinessSecrets.com over... Five years ago now, I had this thought that business planning was what I was going to be spending my time talking about, you know, or at that time, I guess, writing about. It was very much the foundation of what I believe any strong business is built on. And if you go back and you search through any of those first three or four articles, then you'll see that they all focused in some way on business planning. Now, I do still 100% think that a business plan is essential to any business not only when starting out but throughout its lifetime but over I guess the last 5 years I very much started separating out all the individual aspects of what goes into creating and working with a business plan into their you know constituent parts and that's very much what's become the topics that we talk about here on the show but when the opportunity came up to talk to a serial beauty business entrepreneur and beauty business owner specifically about why Business plans are still such a key part of your business. Well, I couldn't resist. And I jumped to the chance, especially when it involves today's guest, Dr. Lamise Hamdan. Now, before you make that snap decision to, you know, reach for this get button because you think business plans are boring or business planning isn't for you because you're not good with numbers, or you think business plans are only useful when you're starting out on your journey, well, you couldn't be more wrong. Don't believe me? Well, give me 20 minutes to convince you. Let's get into today's episode with Dr. Lamise Hamdan, and we will both show you what we are talking about. Right. So welcome to the show, Dr. Lameez Hamdan.
1: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on your
0: show. Thank you very much for, for, for taking the time to be with us. So um, we'll get into the topic where we're here to talk about in a moment, but could you just fill us in a little bit on your background? Because we were talking the other day, it's absolutely fantastic, fascinating, your story.
1: Well, I am a medical doctor by profession, Mm -hmm. and um, I started my medical career, of course, in hospitals, and I was beginning to specialize in um, dermatology. And then I got pregnant, as one does when one is married. And um, pregnancy, I guess, was a trigger into really looking at what I'm eating, what I'm putting into my body, the kind of chemicals we're using. So um, that got me started. And it also got me started on, you know, the skin, I guess, or taking care of my skin because I didn't want to get stretch marks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to buy a stretch mark cream and there were very, very few available. This is 20 years ago. So being a doctor, I always look at the ingredients and the ingredients were, I knew, just would not and could not help my skin. So I decided to do my own um, pregnancy oil. And uh, I was looking into more natural um, uh, ingredients, of course, because being pregnant was a catalyst for that. Mm -hmm. And I created my own. I didn't get any stretch marks. And I just kept giving it to friends and family who were pregnant as well. And I loved being a mother. And I loved the natural... Um, route I was taking and medicine 20 years ago had no room for people like me, for people who wanted to heal the body, who wanted to use more natural, um, uh, maybe uh, um, natural things before going on allopathic uh, medicine. And so I left medicine, and I left it happily. I wasn't upset. I I, I happily left it, and I loved being a mom. And my pregnancy oil just kept getting more and more popular with friends and family until someone said, well, why don't you just sell it and and do a business? And I was like, well, why not indeed? (laughs) So I uh, began my own uh, skincare line there and then, you know, an, uh, a year after my daughter's birth. And uh, that got me into more than a decade of research into uh, natural healing, whether it's using Western herbs, whether you it's using Middle Eastern or Indian Ayurvedic herbs, Chinese medicine. And now I've sort of, and I launched a few businesses along the way, which yeah, we'll talk about. Yeah, just do, you know. You enjoy it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and but but now I've gone full circle, and I'm back into medicine, doing a fellowship in integrative medicine, because wow. now medicine has really um, opened up, and the clients it's it's because clients or patients want it um, to healing the body, because yep. people are getting sicker and sicker. So what we're doing is not working. Because we're just masking the symptoms instead of actually healing or allowing the body to heal what's wrong with it.
0: No, I love that. That's, that's amazing. And, and uh, there's, there's more to your background and, and this, more of your background will come out as we, we talk about the topic today. Um, so it's really interesting, all of that about, you know, you worked in medicine and you um, studied these, these different methods of healing. But the strange thing is, is we're here to talk about business plans today. So that's, that's quite a shift suddenly. But, but when we were talking before, obviously you mentioned that you'd started a few different businesses. So you've got some yes. experience with this. And um, obviously you were trained as a medical doctor. Lots of training involved there, lots of education, but I don't imagine anywhere in there was much room for for learning anything about business plans, right?
1: Oh no, I could <laughs> write a prescription, eyes closed, <laughs> but even a letter to a bank I could not I didn't even know how to begin It's like what oh, dear something or other So yes, yes. and it's also very humbling because graduating, you're a doctor and everything and suddenly you realize. Out of my little bubble of the hospital and medicine and science, I don't know that much. You know, medicine, because it's so super specialized, I studied in Ireland, so it's like the British system where it is super specialized from A-levels. You have to take the sciences, so that's two years of super specialization, and then again six years of medicine, which is again science, and you're not really taught any lifestyle skills, shall we call it. Right.
0: Right. Okay. So so from that then from the businesses that you've learned why why is business planning why is creating a business plan so important to you?
1: In the beginning when I had this idea of creating um an ultra luxurious line mm-hmm. of organic skincare products that was about 20 years ago. No one was doing it. You had Waleda, you had The Body Shop, but you didn't have ultra luxurious. So um, I went and I was talking to my husband, who's an investment banker, about it. And he goes, oh, that's a great idea. If you want to, you know, take this further, I suggest you write a business plan. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what? Said, okay, then. Business <laughs> plan. And I said, I don't need no. And I actually said, I don't need a business plan. And he goes, you do, because yeah, I imagine it'll the look bring on his face out there when you said that. I know what I want to do. He goes, no, you'd be surprised at how many things you don't know about your business that you think you know. So I said, okay, how do I write one? And he said, well, there are books that help you. And in my days, you know, before really the advent of Google and stuff, I went and I bought the book, business, business, writing a business plan for dummies. And it actually was very good, step-by-step <laughs> step, um, and non-condescending at all, I have to say, although the title uh, is a bit weird, but um, it took me two months to write. Wow. And um, while I could write it, the financial chapter, mm-hmm. you know, the p and I actually got help with. Yeah. So I was working very closely with someone to do it for me because I went back and I said, you know, I'm a doctor and I'm a formulator and now I'm studying, you know, natural healing. I can't do everything. I can't be expected to just know how to do a PNL from the top mm-hmm. of my head. So for me personally, I still to this day can fill in a PNL, but I can't do it on Excel because I think out of the business plan, that is the easiest one to outsource or give it to someone to do, yep. but you need to be with them step-by-step step, line by line because you are the one giving the estimates and, um, not you know not them they're just filling in the blanks so when i did the business plan i realized oh i I don't know where we're going to have an office and and how and what we need in the office and then two years down the line three years down the line why do i need to even write down what i'm going to do two years or three years down the line i don't know it's wherever the business takes me (laughs) so i guess the lesson i learned was a business can take you anywhere you have to be flexible but that is what an entrepreneur and small businesses are and their advantage versus bigger businesses is our or small businesses' flexibility.
0: Absolutely. So let's take this just back a stage. Let's just really define then what what actually is, at its most basic level, what is a business plan?
1: I think a business plan is... Um, easier said than done, but I'll, I'll say it, is first you have to say who you are and what the business is, maybe in a paragraph. It's easy to do it in two pages, but it's very difficult. The, the mission statement or, or, or the brand philosophy, what are you, who are you, and what are you going to sell? Or what are you going to provide? What services are you going to provide in about a paragraph or two? Mm -hmm. And that is very difficult to distill um, the essence of of your business. After that, what you plan to do Mm -hmm. in year one, uh, and there are different ways of doing it, but the way I'm more comfortable now doing it is what I plan to do, the services I plan to sell and how I plan to sell them, where um what I'm going to do at launch year one year two year three and if it's the same service that you're providing just growing you know it, it, it it's not three separate paragraphs after that um I always say um what our sales um are going to be mm-hmm. What the marketing strategy is, advantages, disadvantages, pros and cons, um, or, or challenges we might face because yeah. I think in a business plan, especially when I'm doing one for me, when you're doing one for an investor or for a bank, it's, it, you know, for a loan, it's a little bit different, but for me also the pros and cons, the challenges and, um, how we intend to overcome them if, if, if we have a plan and, um, where I see myself in five years' time, is it as a bigger company taking in investors? Mm-hmm. And when you think of taking in investors or bank loans or what have you, or is there an exit strategy? Um, um, it's very important, even if you're not thinking of exiting or selling or, or what have you, when, when books or people say, what is your exit strategy? They mean, what do you want to do? And it could be, I want to go IPO. I want to stay in the business, in my business, but I just want to get bigger and bigger. Or you could say, you know, my exit strategy, not necessarily exiting, Mm -hmm. is just to stay small and getting X amount of return a year. And this is good enough for me because I want to live my life and I want to do this and I want to do that. Of course, this and that doesn't go in the business plan. But you have to think of where you want to be in five years time and what, what is the end mm-hmm. game of your business? what What is it that you're trying to achieve? And the last thing I leave is the p and l, because I think that comes last. Because most of my companies are beauty related, it's very important for me in the business plan, although nobody usually puts it, especially, the more uh, financially-minded ones. But for me, it's very important to put the look and feel of the product as well, even if it's just a mood board, because people are very emotional when they buy products, and they do like something that is beautiful. And because of that, I find that, for me, that's a very important part of the business plan, because if I had an ugly product, you could have the best business plan in the world. But in the beauty industry... Yep. it's not going to sell and you're not going to be successful.
0: I think you raise, you raise about five really great points in there that I just want to dive into a bit more. First of all, I think the the concept of a business plan is it, it's almost held in this kind of stuffy um, yes. bankers world kind of thing that, that we tend to think, well, I only need a business plan if I'm kind of going for a big loan or for funding or for venture capital or, or something like that. And in those instances, if you are, there is mm-hmm. kind of a bit of a, a structure that is is tended to be preferred for, for things like that. And I think yeah. that's why a lot of people say, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm I'm doing it with my own money, so I don't need a business plan. But then you raise the other point of actually the business plan, If even if you're doing something by yourself, the business plan is there to challenge all those things that are in your head. Because as much as we buy products emotionally, mm-hmm. I think certainly people in, in the, the beauty industry, the spa industry, start businesses emotionally as well. Yeah. And,
1: and so you just said, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't need it because I'm using my own money. Well, everybody's own money eventually finishes. That's number yes, one. That's and if you don't use it judiciously, mm-hmm. you would be kicking yourself a year later saying, I can't believe i I don't know where it went yeah. because you didn't have a business plan.
0: Exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely right. So so the idea of a business plan, as much as there are, it's, it's got this kind of stuffy stigma attached to it, it's there to challenge all your your ideas. So if you uh-huh. go through that process and you go, okay, well, and exactly like you said, can you define what your business is and how it's different in a couple of paragraphs? If you can do that, that almost immediately goes, okay, well, I've got a real idea here. And then as, as you get through to those things like, yeah, well, where, where, where am I going to? Have my business, how much is that going to cost me? How am I going to provide the things I need? How am I going to pay for my initial supplies? It's all these questions that we don't immediately ask ourselves in our head when we just think, oh, I'm going to start a business. It's going to be amazing. I've got this idea. But the whole point is to then, you know, in a logical fashion on paper, to ask these questions and force you to put an answer to them. Because, you know, if you haven't thought about these things, Well, two things. First of all, you haven't thought about them and you've just kind of dismissed them. That could be a challenge to the whole business idea. But if you're forced to think about them, then you'll think creatively in a way to to find a solution to them.
1: Don't you think also it's almost like you would never build a house without a blueprint? No. Why would you build a business without a blueprint? And you have to look at your business plan as the blueprint for your business. And you can come in because you're the architect and change windows here and there because you have the blueprint. Yeah. but you just can't do it in your head. You can't build a house from your head and do changes and same with the business plan. So look at it as a blueprint and a strategy and a vision of your business mm-hmm. that is ever-changing because your business and the opportunities that come are ever-changing as well.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And and you also raised about having, a, you know, potentially for yourself involving like a, a vision or a mood board for your mm-hmm. business. And I think that's a really, I've heard someone else mention that. I think that's a brilliant idea, for anyone in our industry because I think it attracts more creatives. And yeah. creatives aren't going to want to sit down at a spreadsheet all day long and, and do that kind of thing. Whereas if your your business plan absolutely can be much more visual. Um, and
1: can I just say um, for another business, my second or third business that I had, I actually had done a business plan for the bank or for a bank uh-huh. and I did a presentation for them. And I made it fun because as you said, business plans usually for financial people are more stuffy. And how do you get their attention? Mm -hmm. Well, don't be stuffy. So I came in with uh, product examples and I tried it on their skin and their hair and the back of their hand. And this was the first time sitting in the bank that they had (laughs) that kind of experience, but they needed to understand the nature of my business. How do you get your point across? The business plan is one, but make it if you can, you know, more creative, because it's not only good for creative people, but it's also good for more financial people who've never seen this creativity.
0: Had you met, had you met these people before? Had you met the people in the bank before? No,
1: never, really? never. Really? So you didn't know how that never. was going to
0: be received, you just went in for it?
1: I just went in and I said, and I chose the man, not the woman, you know? And I said, you, I need to borrow you for a moment. Can you come and stand <laughs> here, please? And this is the product I'm thinking of launching, X, Y, and Z. And they loved it. It was the best fun they had. In the end, I did get, um, uh, I needed some bank services, so I, I did get it. But maybe you didn't, but at least you've created an impression. They'll remember you. And business, whether it's a business plan or launching a business, is about having people remember you.
0: I love that. I think that, I think that's brilliant. I think that's, that's a real risk to take, but I think, yeah, it's, it's either going to work amazingly or you're going to mm-hmm. just completely freak people out but I think, yeah. I think more than often than that because i think everyone's seen uh, they call it dragon's den in the uk i think they call it shark Tank yes in, in, yes. in the states and obviously that's that's much more entertainment value and all that kind of mm-hmm. thing but why not bring a bit of that if you're if you are going to present to someone your business plan for investment or something like that why not you know bring the real heart and soul and passion for the project in rather than just a sheaf of papers with uh, with numbers on now i think that's great i love that idea so, thank um, you so we're kind of focused on if you're starting out and doing a business plan at this point. But do you think people who are already in business should do business plans for themselves on any kind of basis?
1: All all the time. All the time. I usually relook at my business plan every time I launch a new product. Okay. So um, I'm in the beauty industry. So every few months we're launching a new product. And once, we, once I launch a new product or in the process of launching a new product, that's, why, that's when I get the financial advisor in, um, my team members in who are involved, and I look at costs again mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, I'm launching this. How much is PR going to cost? How much are supplies going to cost? And I compare it to before because with volume, you get discounts and you are able to negotiate better deals. So... I think it's very important to do, at le- depending on the size of your business, um, I like to do it or I tend to do it maybe twice a year. Yeah. I'm not changing anything mm-hmm. major. I'm just refining based on what I know now. Uh, for instance, I might have, um, for launch of the product beforehand, created say, one thousand pieces. But now I know that the market can take five thousand pieces. So I go I'm going to launch the second one with five thousand pieces, not one thousand pieces. So everything changes. It's not really cut and paste. Um, and everything's very flexible, I think, for the first five years of your business, at least. Um, and that's another thing where a business plan comes in handy. and let's go back to doing a business plan. Everyone thinks they're going to be, cash flow positive in the first year. <laughs> <Everyone's laughs> going to be rosy. And, and perfect. <laughs> yeah. And and if you're not cash flow positive on paper the first year, you think you're a failure. That's what I thought. Um, when I did my own business plan starting out, the first one, and all my financial advisor friends or banker friends were like, "Oh no, you're looking at, you know, 3 to 5 years to be cash flow yeah. positive." I'm like, oh, "No one told me that." And no one tells you these things, yeah. Adam. No. no one does
0: no no not until not until you've been there and usually you've been there done it found out the hard way and then suddenly everyone's like oh yeah no, did you not know that
1: yeah <laughs> like, exactly no? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no that's that's absolutely true yeah so and you mentioned that so that that kind of goes back to your analogy of um of if if you're if you're Business plan is the kind of blueprint for your house. Mm-hmm. Then, then this redoing it, revisiting it—that's the refining the windows and and you know getting the door size right and things that you can change as you go along. You're not yes not changing the whole house, but you're just get it tweaking it, getting little things right here and there. Yeah,
1: yeah. And um, a lot of people also are very, especially in the beginning, stick to the business plan like it's gospel. Mm-hmm. And it's like mm-hmm. no, the business plan is whatever you feel it should be. For that time going forward, but it's not gospel. Um, and sometimes, especially in the beginning, in, in in businesses that you just launch, even to this day, after twenty years, I still change it because there are so many unknowns. Once I launch a once I launch a product or a service, then you really know because everything else is approximations. And that's the thing: a business plan, especially the PNL, is an approximate. It's not a definite. No. You have to fill in the definites and then change it. Now that you know what the definite is, you change it for the next five years or you put on an extra 20% of growth or, or what have you. So don't feel married to your P&L because those are approximations and always keep that in your mind. Those are only approximations and no one knows. And don't feel bad if you approximated something totally different. Yeah. From Absolutely.
0: what it was. And this is the point, you know, there, there's a lot of pressure on you in a, in, a, in any sort of business plan to sort of plan that one year, three year, five years out. And I yeah. think people, people put, quite rightly, a lot of effort into those things and then think, right, that's set in stone now. I've got to stick to these things. And there's, there's no movement on it. And this is why I always say, even if you're not redoing your business plan every, you know, twice a year, you've got to look at it regularly. Because yes, if you you know, if you did it, it well and you planned out that one year, three year, five years, and you're, you know, you, you're you halfway through that first year and you look at where you were planning to be. And if you're not going in that right direction or things are going better than you thought, you know, you, you need to be able to shift and and then, you know, either go change things, go back after the, the target you're aiming for, or, or, you know, push the goalposts and, and move further, get to your three year plan even quicker. So, so yeah, it's, it's, Whilst it's supposed to be thought out, it's supposed to be planned very, very well, it needs re-evaluating. It needs constant you know, tracking and, and, and updating as you go.
1: Exactly. As long as you stick to, I think, overall, the budget that you've put. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's another thing with uh, businesses in general, is that you tend to bleed money very quickly if <laughs> you're not... Um, very careful. So you really have to think, especially the first two years, do I really, really, really need that? Do I really, really, really need this for marketing? Because you would be amazed as how many things pop up that you can then fill in your business plan. And now you know that these things pop up and need to be, uh, taken care of or, or, or are part of the business as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it comes down to a budget for anything, you know, if you set it out and you know what you're aiming for, you, you can decide to spend a bit more money over here, but it's yes. gotta come from somewhere over there. So Exactly. You know, it, it just helps you make it helps you make decisions at the end of the day. It makes yes. it makes actually running the business easier because you you know what your your target is. I've I've always said a business plan is like um it's like a map of your journey. You know, yes. you know where you're gonna end up, you've planned it out, you know what roads you're going on. If you decide to take a detour, then that's fine, as long as you know that you've got to get back on the route at some point to ultimately yes. end up where you wanna go by the time you need to get there. So no, that's that's brilliant. So um, you mentioned you, you, got the, you got some help, you got some advice, you used the business plans for dummies book. Um, since then, you've obviously launched a few more businesses. You've got, a, you've got a bit more familiar with this process. Have you got any sort of tips or, or sort of time savers, little things that you've learned to do over time um, that could really help someone first time doing a business plan to kind of save time or, or, or kind of jumpstart the process?
1: Well, being the dinosaur that I am, there are actually, you know, before there were only books that you had to fill out uh, and and type up. But now, um, if you go online, there are, uh, and and for free, by the way, you don't have to buy them. There are um, things online that, you know, you, you do and you can have a business plan in uh, less than a week mm-hmm. um, and you just fill them out. So depending on your type of business and what Uh, It is, you know, there are some that are more suited for more creative businesses, some that are more suited for service orientated businesses, some that are more suited for, um, you know, if you want to be a seller or are you manufacturing or are you doing a business at home? Mm -hmm. Is it an at home manufacturing and selling online? So there are many different um, uh, versions of this and go online. And see the reviews as well. I think it's very important. And just fill it in. So within a week, at most, you'll have a business plan. Try and see if you can get someone, once you've written it, to look over it. Someone yeah. in the financial yeah. industry. Someone who's, who's seen a business plan before. And they can give you tips and tricks. Uh, not, not, not tips and tricks, but actually comments. Yeah. And by the yeah. w- feedback. Don't take things personally. Because no one can be amazing at everything. Okay. And you're amazing at uh, wanting to do your own business. That in itself is amazing. So um, be humble enough to take people's um, feedback. Yeah. See it as feedback. Don't see it as criticism. And if you don't agree with them, just say that very nicely why you don't agree with them. But if they still hold to their um, point, you're not there to argue. You're there to get feedback. Absolutely, um, and, and, you and
0: can, it's a second level of challenging. As much as, as much yes. as the business plan is there to challenge you, someone else looking at it further yes. challenges you, forces yes. you to really think that you've put the right thing down. And it isn't personal. It's, it's you know they're helping you. They're helping you make yeah. sure that you've got the plans right for your house or the plans right for your journey.
1: And don't underestimate um, <laughs> costs <laughs> no. uh, because uh, I, I find that I would rather overestimate than underestimate because it's very difficult to continue a business if you've run out of money. But if you have a little bit extra, you are you you can, you know, uh, and all businesses go through areas where, you know, either no one's calling you up for your services or you're like, oh, no, I know I'm not selling anything. Give it time yeah, because don't think you're going to get sales from day one. And if you do great, you just go and change it. As you say, you've moved closer to the goalpost, but always give yourself breather space don't underestimate and that's why having someone look through it um, is who's done it before is very good and um, I guess any tips also for a business plan Um, it really is it's a it's a very personal for me writing business plans almost distills and and forces me to face what I'm trying to do, yeah. face I find it very mentally challenging because I can write it. Mm-hmm. But to do a really good business plan, I have to really challenge what I want to do, because everyone comes and says, "I have an amazing idea when you mm-hmm. put it on paper, Not every yeah. aspect of the it's idea so is amazing. Crazy. And you, <laughs> yes. And you have to deal with that. And you have to deal with, okay, do I want to do it? Is it amazing enough? And can I get over these challenges? So, it's not an easy thing, personally, because it's almost you against you. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's, when it's, you're it's doing a business stacked.
0: plan, it's it's stacked to. I suppose in some ways it's stacked to put you off a little bit. Um, yes. You know, and it, and it can, yes. It can be. It can be. If you've got this real passion for this idea and it's there in your mind and you can see it, but okay, you've not thought through every single thing of it. You know, it can feel like it's it's a. It's something that's there to almost turn you off, to stop you doing it, yes. you know, hold you back. Yes. But but it's not. It's there to help you find the creative ways to make it happen. Um, exactly. But, but stop you just diving in headfirst and and potentially you know costing you a lot of money, costing you a lot of stress, all these kind of things. Um, and you mentioned. Can that, I also? Yeah, of course. Go ahead.
1: Uh, also, I have. I've had many ideas, which I thought were just absolutely great. And then when I started to do a business plan and then research, business plan forces you to research because one very important question that you'll have to answer in all business plans is, does anyone else provide what you're providing? Mm -hmm. If yes, what are your points of difference? Mm -hmm. Um, And this cause makes you research oh, is anyone providing? How much are they providing it for? And um, many times I've realized, oh, someone's actually done it and done it really well. Actually, many hundreds of people have done it and (laughs) done it really well. And I thought this was my only great idea. So I left it because it wasn't worth pursuing. So don't feel discouraged.
0: Have you ever got to the point of starting doing a business plan and, and finding that it's not the right time or not the right product and you've you've not taken any further has it ever stopped you
1: yes and i'll tell you for what and you'll you'll actually um you'll actually find it very funny because um oh sorry uh what it was for was i thought it would be a great idea to do an app using um uh very good personal trainers mm-hmm. to give you you know 7 minute workouts yeah and uh guess what it's been done already by <laughs> so many people <laughs> and and I thought it was and and that was very recent that was 2 years ago so it's not like it was 10 years ago it was 2 years ago and so I was writing the notes for you know, eventually writing a business plan. And, uh, one of the questions of course is, okay, has anyone done it before? And I'm like, no, let me check, you know, app for seven minute workout celebrity or personal trainer. Yep. And I got hundreds, oh. hundreds. <laughs> so
0: yeah. That's happened to me, but I can't think of any examples of them off the top of my head, but there's definitely been a few products that have gone, oh, I've come up with this amazing yeah. idea. <laughs> and all I've done is I've gone onto Amazon and just typed in all right, there's 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 seventy five different ones. Fair enough, I'll I'll just stop now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. So you've actually you've just launched a brand new business. Um Yes.
1: I have. Well, it's called DLMD, and it's a supplement line mm-hmm. because uh, this is where I am now. I am about longevity, I am about health, and I am about wellness, but I'm also about there's so much misinformation out there. I think supplements have become the new snake oil, and I'm tired mm. of not knowing what I'm taking, whether it's effective or not. and Who's making these supplements that I am taking? Are they made by someone with a scientific background? And more often than not, it was no. And that's the research I was doing. It's taken me about uh, two to three years to do and to launch and to formulate. And um, it really is a medical doctor, mm-hmm. myself, who has vast experience within the natural healing um, area and launching a supplement that is what your body needs to, I guess, be in optimal health. And also it's a supplement where it's all that you need and nothing you don't, because there are too many, uh, I think just so much misinformation out there where, oh, vitamin C is good for you, That therefore you need like, you know, 8,000 milligrams of vitamin C a day. No, you don't. Minerals, vitamins, supplements are meant to be taken in very small, minute quantities, and some are not meant to be taken by everyone. Well, some yeah, yeah. are very specific. You're
0: absolutely right. This is, you, you go to a, a drugstore, or a supermarket, and you see on the shelf, and there's almost like a competition to how many how many vitamins yes. and minerals are in this multivitamin. they like, we've got 163, we've got 7,882. Yeah, 1, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. and you don't still. need that. You, you, it's 13 essential vitamins that you have that you need, 13, one, three. And all of that can be taken in one. Oh, and also bioavailability. For me, it's very important because if I'm you're you taking the that. supplement- I was, trying
0: to, I was trying to learn how to pronounce that earlier on, but I'm, I'm glad you pick
1: it <laughs> Because bioavailability is basically what you're taking is something, but what body absorbing, your body is absorbing is something else. And the bioavailability of pills and gummies are anywhere between three to 20%. Yeah, that's and amazing. And that's way- but liquid multivitamins, like the one I just launched, is 98 percent. Now you tell me why we're not taking liquid multivitamins because no one has bothered knowing that fact, or yeah. maybe maybe they don't know that fact, and and then it gets to, well, if they don't know that fact, why are they <laughs> even formulating? <laughs> well, <was> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Well, so a lot of things come from need. This yeah. is what I need yeah. now.
0: But I can, so um, we, had a, we had a chat the other day and you told me about this and I have to admit when well, I always want to know a bit more, so I was going to do a bit of research and I was looking at, at the, the website and guys, Dr. Lemise has researched this so much that you've even gone to the trouble of researching the glass that the product yes. is in. Yes, yes.
1: Because vitamins are, um, get oxidized very quickly which means they lose their potency when exposed to light, air, um, and water, uh, or some of them. So um, it's very important to, when you're taking something, for it to be just as potent on day one Mm -hmm. as it is six months later. And this particular glass, yes, it's a little bit more expensive, but it has kept normal water um, fresh for up to three years. And there's a tomato test that's very famous, where two tomatoes, one was put in an amber glass, one was put in a um, clear glass, and one was put in Myron glass. And three months later, the amber and the clear had mold, and the one in Myron glass was just as fresh as wow. as in the beginning. And um, I'm actually doing the tomato test, and it's on my desk just in case someone comes in and really wants to see it. It's like, here you go. and okay. and 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 it's like a party trick and i'll eat it so and i do so i eat a 3 month old tomato but it just shows the preserving qualities of it so i didn't so my supplement was clean because i am a clean you know i eat clean i i live clean so i said i don't want potassium sorbate or ben- sodium benzoate and i know that they're approved by you know natural associations to preserve it but like i don't need it what is not needed is not really being used um, for the body, so why have it?
0: So I'm guessing you. Uh, I'm guessing you did a business plan for this new business.
1: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> And so. and I'm launching my second product uh, very soon, like in a couple of months' time. Mm. And guess what? Got revisited. The business. The business plan. Exactly. I was just on. Um, the phone um a week ago because you know if you have a small business or if you're your own boss you never have vacation time so I'm supposed to be on my vacation which I'm not so I was on the phone with them and I said okay we learned some lessons with the first launch and now we have to make sure that for instance the box manufacturer we give them enough time (laughs) to finish so it's uh It's a lot of learning that you're constantly learning, but I love that. I don't think you can ever have the answers ever, but am I 90% there? Definitely. I'm much more, um, I have much more confidence in myself and in my abilities that from now, that I have now that I had 20 years ago, but that's experience and that's with everything. So don't worry about business plans. Just do the best you can because you're always refining. Even 20 years down the line, you're always refining. And now the um, the retail environment has changed where I'm dealing now with social media. Well, this is what I was going to I'm ask dealing- you. I've obviously, you know, yes.
0: you, the, the whole landscape has changed since you've been launching businesses. So um, And this is, in, in some ways, I know you, you're talking about the quality and all that kind of thing, but the, but the supplement market is a, is a multi-billion pound industry on its own. So what what is it that sort of makes you think now is a good time to launch a business in, into this marketplace, into the, the world of beauty and supplements and all that kind of thing?
1: Well, I think as a medical doctor, I'm standing up and giving a voice to common sense medicine. So, um, you know, this is what your body needs and this is a medical doctor behind it. Um, because a lot of people are using supplements, but a lot of people do have this nagging thought, do I really need it? Am I taking the right one? And it's very confusing. So what I want to do is take away the confusion and make it very easy and accessible and also effective. Effectiveness is number one, because out of all the supplements, even the bigger companies, not all of them are super effective and not all of them have the cofactors which help in absorbability or help in a, a particular supplement's action. Um, and that just goes to show, oh, you know, I don't know, Kalinja uh, or green tea is good for you. Let's do green tea yeah. extract. That's far too powerful. You know, you should be just drinking four cups. I think also information is very important and giving information for free and the correct information. I think doctors need to stand up um, and do that. But coming back to where you were saying the, so the, the landscape has changed, I think in this day and age, It's easier to launch any business because you don't need to really have a retailer. You don't need someone like Selfridges to come and say, oh, I'll take you. It's like, if you'll take me, that'll be great. But if you don't, I have an Instagram page and guys, this is is my website and you can order from there and there are fulfillment centers, warehouses you outsource who will fill, pack and send for you um, you can also with very little money advertise on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, and it's not, you know, for dollars. And and when I'm talking very little money for dollars, you can do that. So you can reach a lot of people without maybe before retailers almost were like the people at the gate. They'll either let you in or they won't let you in. And if they don't let you in, there's no way you can launch. Yeah. That so was 20 years competing ago. you're always
0: with the big boys. You're always gonna have to kind of muscle them out of the way. But now it's, it's. I think you, when we were talking the other day, you call it the democratization of, uh, of business.
1: It is, it is definitely. And everyone has a chance now. You don't necessarily have to go and see a retailer or have to see something. And you could be sitting in the middle of nowhere and have a successful business uh, if it's something you're selling or retail wise. But now you just have to be a little bit more creative. You have to, um, you know, you have to get people's attention. Um, That's the only caveat there. So for me personally, even PR as we know it, is more or less redundant. I mean, do you need to be in magazines? So really rethink in your business plan how you're going to do your sales and marketing because if you think you need to put so much money behind PR, you actually don't. So maybe also join a business group and get some insight from people who already have businesses where their, their biggest spend is And also where their, um, you know, their savings are and also where they think you should, what you should do and what you shouldn't do um, based on today's uh, retail environment. Because the environment changes every few months. You know, you have to keep ahead.
0: Love it. Love it. Dr. Lemis, thank you so much for for spending this time with me today. I really appreciate it. I really do. Um, if anyone wants to find out a bit more about you, about Shifa, about DLMD, where's uh, we'll put the links in in the in the show notes pages. But where's a good place to go?
1: Good place is always Instagram. So um, at Shifa Beauty is more or less my skincare, beauty care, but also the way I live my life. And DLMD is almost like a medical magazine, all the information you do need to know um, and very easy to digest. Yeah. So it's more like an information page. So it's at the DLMD and at Shifa Beauty. And thank you, Adam. It's been a pleasure being on your show.
0: No, thank you. Thank you so much. And I, I do. I appreciate the time that you've given us. Thank you again. I'm so very grateful to Dr. Lamise for taking the time to join me for this episode. She is a very busy woman, as I'm sure you can tell. And you know what? She even got up at the crack of dawn over in California to speak to me at a time that we could both actually record. Now, I really enjoyed talking about business plans and I hope you can now see just how useful and how important a document, really a kind of living document they are or they should be within your business. I highly encourage you to take a little time over the next week to map out a business plan now if you've never done it before then start small map out a plan just for the rest of this year just to get the feel for it it really is a transformative you know the power of just having set yourself out that map that destination point to aim for one that really stretches you so that you can track where you are now and where you want to be oh and by when don't forget that bit set a date that's really important now if you'd like help with this maybe this would be a great reason to get in contact with me about some one-to-one work like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Just send me an email to talk at salonbusinesssecrets.com and we can, well, talk about it. Right, that's all from me for this week. What have I got coming up for you next week? Ah, okay. So I hear from independent and solo beauty business owners right up to spa managers and even spa directors just how lonely a job it can be running a beauty or wellness-related business. Now, if you're working on your own, then everything is obviously on you. But even if you are managing a large team, well, the book stops with you, as they say. So how do you cope with this? What can you do to make it a less lonely place to be? Well, that's exactly what next week's episode is all about. And I'm joined by a special guest. I'm not going to tell you who... It is just now, but I will tell you that this will be her second time on the show. Mm, intriguing. Well, I will see you back here in a week's time. Speak to you again very, very soon. Bye for now.